1: Abe Lincoln's Top Hat is brought to you by Audible.com. To sign up for your own free trial that helps us out just a little bit, go to audibletrial.com slash top hat and sign Let up. Let
2: the word go forth.
1: Fool me once.
2: Are you fired up? If I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go?
1: Shame on shame on you. Ah! Good, huh? It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Yeah, okay. you, fool me, you can't get fooled again. All right, we're good to go? hmm
2: Welcome to the show, everyone. That's Marcus Parks and Ben Kissel. Kitty Wampus! <laughs> Kittywampus is a word dumbest, that Marcus never heard of.
1: Dumbest fucking word i ever heard. It's
2: not the dumbest <laughs> word you've ever heard. You're from Texas. I'm, he- I'm sure you've heard dumber <laughs> words. Kittywampus is a term that derives from Southwest Wisconsin. And that's
1: according to a Urban Dictionary, yes.
2: Urban Dictionary. And what better dictionary to go to when you're trying to find words that people in Wisconsin say? <laughs> the Urban Dictionary. Because there's nothing more urban than Wisconsin. Kittywampus. Chaos. Mayhem. You park your car like a jass, like a jackass. <laughs> That's you're parking your car, kitty wampus.
1: Ooh, it actually comes from the word catawampus,
2: catawampus, and yeah. then they put, and then they got fun with it. Yeah, made it kitty wampus. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing, Marcus. Thursday was a day. Yeah. And it was a hell of a time. I was working with this guy for trauma, trauma. Yeah. And you know he's uh, Lloyd Kaufman. You know Lloyd Kaufman. I'm familiar with the man. Raging Lunatic. Oh, yeah. Raging Lunatic, wonderful old man. I had a huge honor to play the Toxic Avenger. I was typecast. (laughs) And I was the Toxic Avenger. And uh, the whole sketch was about uh, they were reenacting the, um, what's this, a Christmas carol. And Lloyd was, he was the Scrooge. And he got visited three times by... Toxic Avenger present, Toxic Avenger past, and Toxic Avenger future. I was Toxic Avenger present, oh, and he was mildly fat, the character. <laughs> and I happened to also be mildly fat, so I fit the role well. Eight hours, nine hours, ten hours of shooting with crazy Lloyd Kaufman. The day went great. I was wearing the uh, the toxic mask, yeah. and I felt wonderful, and I was beautiful, and I put a picture on Twitter, and I only got one favorite. Aww. Give me some favorites. I don't think people knew it was you. Well, I, it was on my thing, and I said, "This is me." You know. Anyway, I was working with this little guy. I met him on the set. Eddie was friends with him because yeah. the guy had bad teeth, and Eddie like loves people who don't look good. Yeah, and uh, that's the why guys,
1: we're so close.
2: Yeah, you and <laughs> Eddie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the guy's teeth were yellow, and he's about a four foot eleven fella.
1: I know him. He's a listener,
2: Frank. And uh, <laughs> and I'll, I'll never like the man, and I I'll, I'll, I'll never want to see him again. We were going through the turnstile after working for free. To be the uh, Toxic Avenger, which was an honor. Yes. Going through the turnstile, I swipe my card. I get the ding. I hear the go. I said, all right, all all throttles are going. Throttles are on. Let's move this big car, Ben Kissel. That is your flesh. I'm almost through the turnstile, and this is the upstanding one where you walk through. There's multiple uh, bars, and you go through. I'm 75% the way through, and I hear, hey, hey, from behind me. Mm-hmm. And I turn around. I don't see anybody. And then I look down, and I see Frank. And he says, "Can I go through with you?" I say, "Sure, because I'm a nice man, Marcus yes, I it was a criminal act of kindness, so I let him go through with me, and then of course, we get stopped, yeah, you know immediately stopped by Officer Hernandez, who was a dream boat, He was a very attractive
1: Hispanic man. What start were you off here?
2: We're on the eighth avenue. A train, 14th Street
1: stop. Oh, no, you don't fuck around with that stop. Don't
2: fuck around <laughs> with that stop. Where were you then? No, It was a split-second decision, Marcus. Yeah, I know, I know. I just know. wanted to be I nice. I probably would have said yes, too. He was looking at me as if, you know, uh, you know someone just stepped on his favorite t- Chihuahua.
1: Uh-oh. You
2: know, he was looking at me like he was in desperate need of assistance, and I'm a good man at heart, you know? Uh, yeah. So I said, of course you can come through, you little half uh, person. Aww. You know, I didn't say that, you know? <laughs> But we, uh, so anyway, uh, Officer Hernandez stops. We, he gives us, uh, you know, give us, uh, we give him our IDs and uh, we were joking around. And I yeah, said, Oh, yeah. Frank's so tiny, he should pay $150 uh, to go through, yeah. you know, or 125 And he was laughing about that. And then he was like, Well, then you would have to pay 350 And I was like, That is true, Officer Hernandez. <laughs> this is an amazing relationship. <laughs> Can I get your Facebook information? Can we go on a date after this whole thing is done? Yeah. I thought it was going to take about maybe eight, seven, nine minutes tops. Yeah. Turns out I have a little thing called an outstanding warrant for my arrest from a 2010 incident that Marcus remembers, I don't recall. It was a thing, open container is what it's called, where I was having an adult beverage outside on the sidewalks of Brooklyn, New York, about 3 a.m., I believe.
1: Yes, it was. It was very late. Very
2: late. Marcus, you were there. I was there. I have no recollection of getting the ticket. I have no recollection of not paying the ticket. I'm cuffed right there but okay first of all what happens is he runs the name right and I'm like oh this is taking quite a while and we're still joking around we got some good banter going again wonderful date and then finally he says oh it's taking a little uh, taking a little bit longer mr. Kissel because your name is Benjamin there's a lot of Benjamin's as if they're searching my first name to then get to Kissel look through all the Benjamins and see if you can't find one with a K at the end and let's see if we can't find a Kissel it was a blatant lie and then I'll tell you all they do is lie to you yeah and then so I see another uh, another officer coming towards me and I was like Okay, well, this is obviously going to escalate. But I'm calm. (laughs) I've been arrested before, and I know how to deal with the police. And uh, so, of course... Uh, He tells me about the warrant. I'm cuffed. I walk through the entire 8th Avenue station with the arms. You know, my arms are cuffed. I got these officers. People are looking at me, and some chicks are like, oh, he's so hot and dreamy. What did you do wrong? Oh, I I wonder if he could come over to my house when he gets out. You know, and they were loving me. (laughs) And Robert, who was a longtime listener and a big fan of last podcast on the left and Abraham Lincoln's top hat, he had a friend who was at that station. His friend called him up and said, I think we just saw that buddy of yours getting arrested. And Robert (laughs) said, what did he look like? And he said, oh, he seemed comfortable. <laughs> he seemed like he knew what it was happening and he seemed like he's been there before. Yeah. Uh, which was good. That was the t- kind of energy I was uh, attempting to project. Um, because it's a, medre- a miserable experience, but you just have to go through it. Yeah. So I'm cuffed, and I'm thrown into the Canal Street Jail. And uh, I was there with uh, with two other people, uh, and then there was multiple cells that had about roughly three or four people in them. And this is just before you get to the tombs there in lower Manhattan. Yeah. And it was very interesting because the officers were actually relatively nice. The homeless individuals that they picked up from mostly just, like, taking up multiple seats on the subway, mm-hmm. you know, or uh, whatever it might be, they gave them food. They bought one guy got a pizza from an officer. Oh. The other guy got a uh, bacon and egg uh, sandwich, um, and then uh, another guy got uh, you know a bunch of donuts from a cop. The cops would like go by and be like, "What do you want to eat? Let me go get you something from the deli." It was very bizarre. Huh. Um, so they were very nice, and uh, no one offered me any food because they thought I was fat to begin with. Because they were rude. So I'm in there for three hours. I did the whole fingerprint thing. I took some mug shots. I wasn't very happy with the picture, but you can't have them redo it. No. And uh, because you can't be like, but this is for my glamour shots. (laughs) They don't care. Wait, is there going to be a mugshot of you out there? Goddamn better be, and it better be the second one that I took. <laughs> I took the second one at Central Booking, which is truly hell on earth. Uh, you go down. You you walk through a uh, so many different lefts and rights and twists and turns. You couldn't find your way out of there even if you did uh, escape. Yeah. I got my retina scanned. And so anyway, so long story short, I end up in the clink. Uh, you know, sure. with roughly 250 people. Marcus, what happened?
1: You're in the system. Am I in the system? Well, I mean, I just mean now that you have your retina fucking scanned. Oh, yeah, and I you am are. in the
2: system. Yeah, you're in it, man. I'm in it hardcore, and I'll tell you one thing. I'm going to destroy you from the inside. <laughs> one of the biggest mistakes they ever made was arresting me and getting my retina scanned because now my eyes are looking all over those goddamn documents.
1: Man, you got broken windowed. I got broken windowed, my yeah, friend. Yeah, yeah, I
2: know. This is what happens in Ferguson. This is what happens everywhere. It's these small, <laughs> it's these small violations that escalate into bench warrants immediately. Yeah. And this only took place in New York over the past, like, 10 years or so, where the judge is just mandatory warrant for your arrest. Get down there. 230-some people. We're all in pens. And all they do is serve you 2% milk. Cheese sandwiches, peanut butter and jelly mixed sandwiches, something very bizarre, and occasionally a little cereal. So the whole place just smells like rotten milk and milk farts, <laughs> and people just can't stop uh, slamming this milk down. Everyone is uh, just chugging down milk as if uh, you know they're the last farmer on earth, and they're the only ones that have any milk reserve left, and they're trying to uh, gloat in front of people who are starving. I mean, it was it was lunacy. It was lunacy. It, the the odor was something. It was. If you can take, you know, so you have a milk fart, mm-hmm. then you also just have no uh, air coming through whatsoever. There's no filtration. You're underground, deep underground, and then you have the homeless grout, yeah. you know, that's <laughs> on there. It's not even a, like gouty, it's a, it's a true grout yeah. that they have. So you have that sort of fungal infection odor in the air. There was a guy next to me in a cell who was coughing incessantly because he w- he got arrested for a suspended license. He was trying to drive himself to the hospital because he was deathly ill. So he's dying, <laughs> you know. I mean, it was it was absolutely <laughs> insane. And uh, the officer, there was one officer who's a big, fat, fucking, round man. Yeah. And he had red hair, and he was Irish. And there was no doubt that he was Irish because he was dumb. And <laughs> he, uh, he was just doing nothing but taunting all of the inmates, mm-hmm. talking very racist things about black dicks and stuff like that. It was Irish men and black chicks. And they they loved, loved... Their life. They thought it was night at the Apollo. <laughs> they couldn't get it enough. They were laughing so goddamn loud in these, uh, you know, and, and, and obviously, you know, it's a relatively small space. And they, their shift started at like midnight. So they were they were up like spring chickens. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were, just, they were just loving, you know. They didn't realize that most of the people had been in there for 15, 20 hours, and they were pretty exhausted. You can't sleep because it's a perverted Las Vegas. All the lights are on at all times like the shittiest office you've ever been in mm. uh, but there's no janitor to turn off the lights at the end of the day and say oh good day mr stevens have a nice time with your family it doesn't exist there no so the lights are constantly on everyone's farting burping taking just dumps <laughs> just random milk dumps constantly <laughs> at some point around 5 a.m a hispanic fella came into our cage and uh, just pissed himself because I guess he had to go. <laughs> and literally, the toilet's eight feet away. We're all pretty much sitting in it, yeah. swimming in it like a bunch of ducks on a goddamn. Uh, you know, a, a, like the go- when the when the oil spill happened in the
1: Gulf, swimming in it,
2: just swimming in it yeah. like like a duck swims in oil after ExxonMobil has their way. I mean, it <laughs> was it was truly intense. But I'll tell you, Marcus eye-opening experience and it made me think of my friend Jim who killed somebody accidentally when he was driving well drunk and uh this 18 year old kid also drunk he got hit and he killed Jim's serving 25 years in the pokey and I'll tell you it's the mental thing it, it is it's all a mental battle when you, once you have all of your freedom stripped away you don't really know what that is until it happens yeah and then that's how you judge how you're going to react there was a rich kid in there and uh he was such a fucking prick constantly called his lawyer, like, every 15 minutes to be like, get me out of here! I want to get out of here! He was such a little bitch. And he ended up getting out 15 minutes earlier than I did, and he paid about 25 grand for this lawyer. There's nothing you can do. You know, your lawyer can't do shit. No one's coming down. Nobody cares about you whatsoever. And you're just at the mercy of... I mean, it's... They are... You have firemen, then you have police officers, then you have corrections officers, and they consider themselves law enforcement the same way someone that works at Burger King or Taco Bell considers themselves a chef. <laughs> you know, it's, it, they're, they're morons. You know, they're, they are just, it's just a numbers game. Yeah. You know, they're just, and we're the patties, and they're flipping us all around. I mean, it was so fascinating to see how that guy reacted. To compare to like how some people just loved their life, mm-hmm. some people were just like, "This is one of the more, most fun experiences of my entire weekend." And they would walk by more than once. Someone would come down randomly and just be like, "Johnny," you know. Their names was <laughs> the name wasn't Johnny, but I'm just gonna <laughs> yeah, say that yeah. it was. It was some, you know, I think it was Sharky or something like mm-hmm. that. You know, something bizarre street name street name yeah. thank you marcus and uh, but there's a lot of people who were just making some good friendships over there i heard more than one time be like we got to meet up on facebook you know and it's like <laughs> okay whatever
1: to hang out later we
2: got to hang out and i'll tell you i mean i do want to make friends um usually i like meeting people but really in this situation i had nothing to say because they say what do you do i can't say first of all i can't say oh i take care of dogs Mm-mm. that's not good and then worse is I can't say, oh, I'm a comedian.
1: Oh, you're now, doing your setting there.
2: Exactly. Next thing you know, they're throwing fucking pennies at me and I've got to perform a, on a uh, like a shoe shine boy in a goddamn wooden box, <laughs> you know, talking about, oh, and, and so I'm so tall, I can hardly g- have freedom. <laughs> Every joke would just end with, I can't have any freedom. <laughs> no freedom here. No freedom here. 2% milk. I mean, it was uh it was just it was just amazing. And these officers, they just lie to you constantly. They'll tell people that you'll be out of there anywhere from 20 hours to 72 hours. Whoa. So you think you might be there until Monday for Christ's sake. And that's really the um the not knowing. That's the thing that that really gets you going. You know, I mean, it was It's a very rare—you know, it was definitely shed light. You know, we talk about it a lot on this show, solitary confinement, prison reform, and just how awful the process is and the system is. You are truly—you're worthless. I mean, if you would die in that cell, they wouldn't give a flying fuck. No. They would— Many people die in those cells. Many people have once an hour— there's a, uh, a an officer who comes by with a spray bottle of bleach. And he opens up the door and just douses the entire place with bleach. Marcus, there was shit on the wall. Ugh. There was a handprint of Dookie on the wall. And so this guy just comes in. He didn't hit the shit on the wall, by, by the way, with the bleach. He only hit the clean <laughs> spots. He, I, apparently that's just always where he bleaches. Uh, everything else is filled. He's like, oh, that's a clean spot there. Better, better bleach it. <laughs> Splashes the toilet with it. I mean, the whole place is disgusting. Dookie's all over the wall. Smells like rotten milk. At one point, there was a black fellow who came and His face was mangled. I mean, really, just something di- disastrous. Yeah. Mentally uh, slow.
1: Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. Subnormal.
2: Subnormal Immediately gets in And asks for dookie paper That's what he called it Some dookie paper So I said oh my god This guy's about to drop A Hiroshima Little John Size bomb All over this god Or what is it Big boy Big boy and little John Yeah Something like that Uh, The bombs we dropped over there At Hiroshima On the Japanese Who uh, dare I say They had a better goddamn weekend Than I did (laughs) (laughs) The Japanese During Hiroshima (laughs) At least they were able To run around Yeah I guess so On fire Yeah well I felt Burning Yeah uh. Mm-hmm. Right. I'll think about it more. But nonetheless, <laughs> it was awful. And so this guy comes in, asks for Dookie paper, and then he stands up, and after they give him a bunch of it, which was nice of him, I suppose, uh, he says, oh, hey, guys, should I should I Dookie here, or should I Dookie at home? Uh I gotta I uh and I was like, you know, I think home is a great place to do home is the best place home. to do dookie. He, I said, you know, your home bathroom, I bet you it's very comfortable. <laughs> Get you want you do it at home, bud. And then he said, Oh, that's what I was thinking. I'll do at home. Yeah. And then he just sat there for about two hours and finally got pulled out and hopefully he made it I think he was probably home. He probably took a dump on Canal Street. <laughs> But nonetheless, uh, it was uh, these these correctional's officers. I know we had Jim Poke on recently. Who, by the way, I should have gotten his number. Yeah, I didn't call him, I and mean, I should have. I guess. Um, although I was out, you know, what can you do once you're wrapped up in the system?
1: Yeah, once you're there, there's nothing he can do.
2: Yeah, no, no one. You know, you're the rich kid calling. They paid twenty five grand for this goddamn lawyer. There's nothing the lawyer can do whatsoever. So this kid just got scammed, and uh, he was a total moron. He was in there for a suspended license. He's a real jackass. This kid. Yeah. Um, he should have gotten beat up. You know, but he didn't. It was, it was actually, my cell was very nice. Everyone was, everyone was pretty, pretty kind. Your crew. Yeah. My crew, my posse. Yeah. You know, you know, and a lot. yeah, whatever. But anyway, uh, these correctional officers, they, they love it. They love their job and they love everything that they're doing with their lives. They, they wouldn't have chosen a different profession.
1: Oh no, they love, they, corrections officers, I'd say they have a very high job satisfaction rate.
2: Very high. Love it. All they do is crack jokes with people. But then there's also, like, this. it's a bizarre relationship. There's a banter because they obviously know some of these individuals from before. Yeah. And they have a rapport with them. And the rapport is, hey, you dumb Irish mick, you fucking fat piece of shit. And then the mick cop says, hey, you fucking black dude with a big dick. You still yapping your fucking teeth? Where are your teeth? Yeah, it's probably good when you suck dick, huh? Like, that's literally a conversation. (laughs) And it was just, it was insane. And uh, it was, uh, man, I'll tell you if you ever have an opportunity to go to jail, um, try to remove yourself mentally from the situation as much as you possibly can and and just try to study it. Because this is, you know, everyone in there was immediately like, there's no freedom in America. There's no freedom at all. But then as soon as you get out, you, I was walking around Canal Street and I was thrilled. Yeah, and if you know Canal Street, it's busy, it's stinky, and it fucking sort of sucks. Yeah, and I was thrilled to be there. It's Chinatown, it's Chinatown, and you yeah. know not you know the fact of the matter is there's a lot of fish markets and fish has an odor to it, and then of course there's you know the uh, New York City uh, sewage combined with that. Either way, it smelled like uh, it smelled like the 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 greatest fragrance that uh, I want to say Michael Jordan cologne. I don't even know why I'm thinking of Michael <laughs> Jordan cologne. <laughs> that's, that's what Chinatown smelled like Yeah, but in a good way In a good way, Michael Jordan cologne was one of the worst colognes that's ever existed It was terrible It literally was supposed to smell like sweat That's Ugh. what it said, it smells like Michael Jordan's sweat God. It was disturbing All of this for an act of kindness, you know yeah. Just trying to let this little guy uh, go through the turnstile I hope it wasn't too mean about him in the, uh, in the opening
1: I think it's fine
2: I think it's okay Anyway, I'm happy that Robert's friend saw me and said I acted stoically and I looked very attractive while getting arrested. There's one guy who came into the cell. He was there with a bunch of other people, picked up the phone immediately and just started telling his girlfriend what their plan was. You got our story straight. Did you hide everything in the the house? All this bullshit. And it's like, bro, they're recording everything, you moron. But he thought he was like a kingpin of crime. I mean, it was insane because it's people in there for violations such as myself and then rapists and murderers. And they're all like... There was one guy having a seizure half the goddamn time. The EMS was constantly in there coming in and checking on him. And all they did was make fun of him.
1: The EMS?
2: The EMS was like fine, but they would laugh. They were just laughing at him, shaking all the time. You know, and then he just kept on, the, the big fat Irish cop just kept, kept on calling him a junkie. You know, he's like, that's what withdrawals are, huh, buddy? Yeah, you want to keep on doing heroin? Probably was. He's
1: probably having withdrawals, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He didn't love life. <laughs> he wasn't enjoying life. You know? Yeah, that's really bad. He probably got arrested for stealing something, trying to find some money, yeah. get some more junk. Yeah, there was a lot of that.
2: A lot of people, obviously homeless, who were just caught with actually very fancy colognes was one guy. You got caught stealing cologne. And uh, the officers pulled it out of his bag, and he said, oh, is this yours? He's like, yeah, that's my favorite. That's my favorite cologne. I wear it all the time. It's like, bro, you you don't have shoes on. You know, you don't. Have, that's not your cologne. You know, you're not concerned about just a little behind my ear, put on socks. Yeah. You know, like socks first, and then maybe put on, maybe think about odor and cologne.
1: I get a Yelp review from The Tombs. Okay, Marcus, <laughs> I sent you this.
2: Yeah, th- there is a Yelp review from The Tombs. The first two are biased because those are the people who work there. They give it five stars. Yeah, yeah. The overall reviews are two stars, which is insane. Marcus, can you read some of those?
1: All right, let's see here. One guy, this is from Michael D. He lives in Jackson Heights. He okay. said. I got arrested in 1991 for punching a transit officer in the face. Many times. He hit me for no reason with his club. Bitch had it coming. There were witnesses, so I only paid a fine on a disorderly conduct rap. The residents of the Bronx Zoo are more human than the garbage I met in the tombs. Really, they could just flush the whole place down the toilet. How many stars? One.
2: Oh, he gave it one. Okay,
1: good. <laughs> good. I one. mean, that's
2: insane. 1991. If you were to do that now, that's a, that's a seven-year felony. Yeah. You can't touch any MTA. I believe it's a minimum seven years, right? hmm um,
1: Yeah, minimum. Yeah, it says uh, another one says that people are dying in the cells. Uh, how many stars? Uh, one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> a th- there's a, actually a three-star here. Uh, it says, I didn't try the food, but the single-serving cereal boxes make for an acceptable pillow.
2: People were sleeping nonstop on those things. And it's not an acceptable pillow. It's a cereal (laughs) box. How many stars? Three. He gave it three stars.
1: Yeah. Another guy said the food in the tombs blows, but the company is usually good for a laugh or two. Three stars. Three stars! <laughs> it's the tubes! Another one said, got busted smoking that chronic on the street. All in all, not too bad an experience as far as weekends in the clink go. I was taken aback, though, when the CO announced that the halal food available sign was a joke, and to not expect it. Myself, I don't need halal food, but I thought that was pretty mean at best and a fragrant flouting of law at worst to have that sign all over the tombs and then to so brazenly rescind that kind of offer. 3 stars.
2: 3 stars. <laughs> There's no halal food. I can't believe it. I love that the tombs have a Yelp review. Is that sound still out there? Halal no, there available? was no halal sign whatsoever, but there were definitely jokes flying all around. Yeah. You're never going to get out of here. <laughs> a lot of that and that was oh my goodness. The whole thing is everyone's on the verge of tears constantly, so you just kind of have a mutual agreement that everyone's miserable. Yeah, and you just try to make the best out of it as as you possibly can. Uh, and it's a very interesting experience, and um, you know it definitely gives a lot of sympathy to those people who are currently in prison for a long period of time, especially the solitary and stuff. I mean, it is you do feel the walls closing, and you start to have insane thoughts. There was a guy coughing next to me, and apparently there was a woman who uh, claimed that she was ill, so they brought her out in hazmat. There was a guy with a hazmat suit that walked by. And I was like, what the fuck? And he's like, oh, there was – and then one guy who came into the cell late – uh, later than I did, said, oh, I was just in the medical room. There was hazmat suits all around this woman. Who's, she, was, she was coughing, and she said she was very sick. So there was a guy who walked by in a hazmat suit. So I'm thinking that the world has ended above ground, and I'm stuck in this goddamn cell oh. for the end of time. You start to really freak out. You're like, what if there's a fire? There were kids across the uh, in the other cell. These were kids who were having a very good time, and they were young. And these were like, hey, let's be friends forever yeah. uh, kind of kids. And they were playing with matches, and I'm like, oh my god, you guys are gonna fucking light your goddamn hair on fire, this whole place is gonna go up, and I'm gonna be burned alive, grabbing these damn bars, because I helped Frankie through a turnstile, <laughs> and I have a 2010 open container, which it shouldn't even be illegal, you know, to drink in, po- yeah. Europe, they can drink, you can drink and drive in Europe. Anywhere. They love it. <laughs> they can't get enough of it. Anyway, it was an eye-opening experience and I definitely think we have to have a little sympathy for those individuals serving time because a lot of times it is for these sorts of reasons. Just yeah. these small things that get blown out of proportion and then once you're there, it's very easy to like I mean if you let your anger get a hold of you, you can like freak the fuck out. Yeah. And these corrections officers aren't messing around. They will laughingly, they will laugh and joke and just kick your ass and there's nothing you can do about it. So it was fun. Anyway, let's get to another story here. I feel like we should do something with a uh, I need to be cheered up. I want to be cheered up, Marcus. Yeah. Go 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 go. Let's get some Gomer news. This raging psychopath who probably he is a corrections officer. Gomer is <laughs> a he would love to be a CEO. He couldn't get enough of torturing innocent individuals. He said something about gays recently that was a uh, dumb dumb dumb.
1: Yeah, he was on a, a Christian Talk radio show called Point of View point of view i wonder what it is Uh uh-huh and uh this was somehow he went from talking about the military response to ebola in west africa okay just kind of
2: meandered
1: and meandered over into don't
2: ask don't tell well he was probably uh you know looking at gay porn at the time it's just like (laughs) oh that's right i better say something and condemn this so no one realizes that i jack off to nothing but (laughs) hardmeat.com Psychopath. <laughs> he was on a radio show. By the way, it's hardmeat.com, an actual porn site. we got to check that out.
1: Hardmeat. Hardmeat.com. You know, it's uh, we can buy it. Oh, all right.
2: Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you're out there and uh, you love the show, let's get hardmeat.com, and we'll make it a, um, a cave comedy radio pornographic site. Uh, so it'll be nothing but hot nudes from myself, Mr. Uh, Marcus Parks, Henry Zabrowski. maybe Ed Larson could do some nut posing yeah. for us.
1: Because all of us here at Cave Comedy Radio are extremely attractive. Oh, unbelievably hot. Well, Louis Gomer. we have uh, some uh, footage from Louis Gomez. All right.
2: Let's give a listen to Gomes. And I've had
1: people say, hey, you know, there's nothing
0: wrong with, uh, um, you know, gays in the military. Look at the Greeks. Well, you know, they did have um, people come along who they loved. It was the same sex and would would give them massages before they went into the battle. But you know what? It's a different it's a different kind of fighting. It's a different kind of war. And if you're sitting around getting massages all day, ready to go in the big planned battle, then you're not going to last very long. It's
2: guerrilla fighting. You are going to be ultimately vulnerable to terrorism. And, uh, you know, if that's what what you started doing in the military
1: like the Greeks did, as people have said, Louis, you got to understand, you don't even know your history. Oh, yes, I do. I don't know.
2: Exactly. <laughs> not a good idea. Oh my God! An elected official. Yes, unbelievable. He
1: receives at least seventy percent of his district's vote every two years. Got this off of uh, Mediaite.
2: Good Christ, that's amazing. I wish he was telling the truth, because I'd turn gay and join the military right damn now.
1: Massages all the time?
2: 24-7 in the beautiful desert. It's about to become freezing cold here in New York City. I'd go over to Afghanistan or Iraq in a heartbeat if I could, if I knew that it was nothing but massages and getting fed grapes and fine cheeses. (laughs) What a moron! What does he think? How would he imagine... The gay first of all he obviously has never met a gay man no. who is also a conservative brute
1: no Okay. he has not because, met that man no
2: he they're all it's a reference that maybe some of you will know some of you might not Friday the 13th no nightmare on elm street 2 there's a gym coach there's a gym coach who is a closeted gay who's a leather daddy and he is one of the more aggressive gay he's a, and he's one of the more one of these more aggressive kind of guys gay people can be the most malicious human beings on the face of the planet. Okay, people, it's just people. They're just people. It's the same exact planet. It is, but it's yeah. even worse because they're they might or may they might be overcompensating as well. And be like, uh. "Oh, you think I'm just going to give massages here in the military?" I don't think so, my friend. What I'm going to do is I'm going to stab you multiple times in your goddamn stomach. I may or may not want to fuck you in your ass. But you don't know. <laughs> Because I could theoretically get hard if I really wanted to, yeah. you know. I mean, they—that uh, is one of the most ludicrous things of all time. And all gay army is really the army that you want. Yeah. And he's making fun of the Greeks like they didn't win every goddamn war. All they did was destroy and dominate. Yeah. We, we should were... do everything the Greeks did. We do a lot of it. Yeah. I mean, except I'd for, except for the fucking
1: one... little boys. Let's not do that.
2: No, let's not do that. <laughs> but the Greeks had a great idea with their balls were out in battle. <laughs> What? <laughs> their balls were out. Their balls were out. Yeah, they wore the you know, they had little you know little skirts on there.
1: Oh, the their skirt. balls were out. <laughs> skirt. I thought you meant literally they had formed some sort of uh I guess underwear in which just their balls were no. out tearing back. No, but that's what <laughs> I, I want to see like happen. A monumentally bad the, the idea. The US military <laughs> from
2: now on, if you're in the military, you need to show your nuts <laughs> at all times. Chick shows your buttholes. It's dominance. It's dominance. Yeah. Show that's the whole thing. Thing about it, L- Louis Gomer's the dumbest human being that's ever existed on the face of the planet. I cannot believe this man is still allowed to sit in office, but I'm thrilled that he's around. what Are you looking at Greek balls?
1: No, 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 no. Somehow I just made it onto undescended testicles, and yeah, and sometimes that testicle will go up into the body. uh It's called cryptorchidism, cryptorchidism, yeah, cryptorchidism. Mm. The old Anne
2: Frank nut (laughs) hiding, hiding up in the attic there. Love Anne Frank. And that was not a joke about the uh, Holocaust, nor the travesty that occurred to the Jewish people during World War Two. I just (laughs) just want to make that clear. Yeah. (laughs) Good God. You never know. I mean, there's so many lunatics out there.
1: You know, know, man, if they were going to take umbrage to something we said, I think it probably would have been your description of Frankie.
2: Frankie? (laughs) The guy who got me arrested? No, it's not Frankie's fault. It was my own fault. I take personal responsibility for my actions in 2010. I don't necessarily know if 22 hours of lack of freedom is a proper punishment, but that is okay. You live uh, and you learn and you uh, have to abide by the rules. Yeah. Despite how ridiculous they are. No, Frankie's a nice guy.
1: Yeah, I know he is. You know,
2: he's just... Just get a Metro car. (laughs) For Christ's sake, Frankie, get a metro card, Frankie. Don't ask, but you know there was a lot of people also there and uh, in uh, in the jail who were arrested for asking for a swipe, and then equally, it's also illegal to give a swipe. You know, that's my one thing. But no, I was talking to Nick Vaderot about it last night. Nick Vaderot, great comedian, he's been on Comedy Central, as a presents and whatnot, and we were having a debate over it. He doesn't swipe. He never swipes anybody. Uh, if you walk out of the turnstile, for those that don't live in New York, and I assume most of you don't, you buy an unlimited pass for either a week or 30 days. And you can use that pass pretty much every 15 minutes whenever the hell you want to. And when you buy it, you figure it's yours. This is my property now. I bought it, 30 bucks for the week. And uh, so there's a lot of people who just kind of wait outside of the turnstiles. So as you come through, they ask you, can you swipe me through? If you have an unlimited, there's no reason why you shouldn't. There's no I always harm swipe. To you. Always swipe. Uh, and I do as well. That is illegal. That can get you... Arrested in a heartbeat. There was a guy who was just asking for a swipe. Of course, there's always these secondary violations. He was out on parole. Yeah, this is a, this was a violation of his parole, and uh, it's but it's the most innocent thing you can ask. Yeah, you know, just for a swipe, and it's just being nice. And
1: most of the time, it's just sometimes you know you'll go up to uh you'll go up to a subway stop and you don't have any money on your metro card and the metro card machine's broken. Sure. So it's just like hey, uh, can you totally. just help help out a fellow New Yorker. We've all been in weird times. Just That's right. Just help each other out that's right and
2: you know that's the thing the nypd the just the whole legal system in new york city they are they are the ones destroying the fabric of society they're the ones destroying that local community that um that feeling of uh uh, of uh uh, collaboration that feeling of just overall friendliness you know just that feeling of a society where everyone is trying to help out each other and um and not in a not in a by the way the irony is that it was communism down there that's all that it was it was like everyone was treated the exact same yeah nobody cared about anything and it's run by these conservative nazi types uh who would but the corrections officers they would have been the first ones at auschwitz just being like oh may i volunteer (laughs) i would love to be in control of you know whatever people and treat them like they're total human trash um but that's all it is everyone gets treated the same everyone eats the exact same and it's disgusting uh, for that reason. But that's the thing with these new rules. You, if you give someone a swipe, Marcus, if a cop sees it, you'll get pulled over, you'll get detained, you have to give them your ID. And if you have an outstanding warrant, you're going to jail. If you don't, you just get a $25 fine. But then if you forget to pay that, you don't show up to the court date, next thing you know, that's the warrant. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole thing just really gets going uh, out of your control. It spirals out so quickly. And in my opinion, all it does is degrade people's. Um, people's uh, empathy towards one another. You know, I'm. you're from Texas. I'm from Wisconsin. We both live in New York City. But at the end of the day, uh, we still have those old small-town morals. Yeah. And those small-town morals, I think, could occasionally be put in place in New York City, and it would make this city better. There's no reason why swiping somebody in for a metro uh, should be that illegal. You should be praised as a good Samaritan, letting somebody come through with you th- through the gate. Theoretically, if whatever you can fit... <laughs> you know whatever you can fit in the goddamn gate you should be able to take with you yeah if i can fit three frankies which i probably could we could fit eight frankies frankies are tiny yes
1: frankies are very small
2: you know we could fit all wh- whatever you can fit it's my goddamn metro i'm filling up this grate i'm filling up this gate uh then that's what that's what it should be you know it was very interesting all of these stories there were such petty crimes and then of course there was one guy who was just like yeah hey, i stabbed her you know, yeah. So there's one guy like that.
1: Yeah, of course. And It's always I stab the bitch. But yeah. for the
2: most part, it, there was another guy who was very wealthy. He was dating a Dominican uh, gal, and his face was <laughs> fucked. I mean, it was. I mean, not not uh, from birth, not from yeah. acne scars. It was a beer bottle oh. that she smashed over his head, broke on top of his head. So he had this huge gash on the top of his head, and as it grazed his cheek, it went from eye. Literally down to like um, where you would shave your beard, like if you want to have a nice trimmed beard. Yeah, like it went down like n- right near his nostril, and it was deep as hell. And uh, as soon as he got down there, uh, they're like, "Do you need medical?" All this stuff. But again, if you get medical, then you go to the hospital, and then your arrest doesn't start. Yeah. Until you get out, and the whole the whole thing is you are you're officially arrested once you're uh, arresting officer. Sends your documents, your paperwork to Albany. Yeah. So my officer arrested me at the end of his shift. So he went home and took a ten hour nap <laughs> and didn't get my papers in until around seven AM. So only because I was there uh at like eight thirty nine, I wasn't officially arrested until the morning. Yeah. Which really cost me a lot of time. And I'm not thrilled with Mr. Hernandez. <laughs> You know, but it was very interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's anyway,
2: nice. Gohmert is an absolute idiot.
1: Yes, he is. Yes. And there's another idiot in Texas that might just be uh, the second in command, uh, the lieutenant governor here, pretty soon.
2: And this is Rick Perry's former position, right yep, underneath the, I mean,
1: uh, W. It is an extremely powerful position. Some people call right. it the most powerful position in uh, in all of. Uh, in all of Texas Well, politics.
2: why is that now? Why wouldn't the governor be the most powerful one?
1: Because you have influence on both the governor and the Senate. Like I both see. the executive and the legislative. You've got your hand in both of these pots. Right. Uh, so it does come with uh, quite a bit of power. Right. Yeah. And, uh, he is a fucking
2: idiot. His name is Dan Patrick, right? Dan Patrick, not the ESPN announcer. And we spoke with uh, when we uh, spoke with Bill Pito. Uh, if you guys went back and listened to that conversation, Bill nice Piddo. guy Bill Pito. Bill, Bill Pito,
1: a developing situation.
2: Developing <laughs> situation from uh, what was what was the place I couldn't I couldn't pronounce? Uh,
1: Matt's uh, fucking P- uh, not
2: Poughkeepsie. Uh, it was uh, got some. Binghamton. Binghamton. <laughs> Bill Pitto from Binghamton. <laughs> nice guy. But, of course, Dan Patrick, the ESPN announcer, he blew the load on that one. Mm-hmm. Kind of a rude guy. Yeah, a bit Dan of a Patrick.
1: rude guy. Uh, but, yeah, this guy, uh, actually, this guy, Dan Patrick, he is also a former sportscaster. Uh, got all this information from a nice little list off of Mother Jones. Uh, but he became... A senator in 2006 Okay But has not stopped Doing his radio show Really? Yeah So this guy is Still doing his radio show Still a senator in Texas Yeah
2: Kudos to that What is he a Republican Or a Democrat?
1: He's a Republican Gotta be right? Yeah 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 But
2: I mean That's pretty amazing That he still has the radio show I mean it's difficult to maintain a uh, radio show and not say something as stupid, uh, stupid enough to get you kicked out of office. I uh, mean, I felt like my response with the with the Greek thing and the gay thing, you know, it might have been taken wrong. Yeah. You know, but obviously it's all it doesn't love.
1: Oh, yeah, man. Uh, and uh, he's uh, some of the things that he has said uh, about Islam. He walked out of the Senate chamber in 2007 rather than listen to a Muslim deliver the opening prayer. Wow. Said, what an asshole. Uh, he said, I think that it's important that we are tolerant as a people of all faiths, but that doesn't mean we have to endorse all faiths, and that was my decision.
2: Yeah, you're not endorsing him. You're not wearing a shirt with his goddamn logo on it. You just play on your phone just while he's sit doing on it. Your, yeah, play <laughs> words with friends and just write fag over and over again. That's all you do. You're a Republican from Texas. The words with friends. We got seven words. We got the n word, but we call it the n word, which is kind of funny. Yeah, and then we call it, we got the f word. I mean, it's like ridiculous. Yeah, that is absolutely. Uh, why was the Muslim giving a? Uh, he was giving a uh, Muslim prayer. It was
1: just. A, yeah, it was an opening prayer, yeah. Who cares? Yeah, and then five years later, he did it again. He said, we are a nation that allows a Muslim to come up to come in with a Quran, but does not allow a Christian to take a Bible to school. Yes, we do. You can take a Bible to school.
2: Yeah, if you want to be the nerdiest guy, if you want to have the nerdiest kid in the school, yeah, have him bring a Bible every goddamn day. Yeah. Hopefully he turns into a cool sophomore and he rolls a doobie with it. Rolls a doobie with page 420 like everybody cool does in high school.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: There's this myth. These Christians have this myth. And, Marcus, we discussed this earlier, uh, I think in a previous episode, 70% of evangelical Christians believe they're the most persecuted people on earth. Yeah. They run the goddamn show.
1: Yes, they run the country. They're fine. You can bring a Bible to school. The only reason why they think they're so persecuted is because they're they, insane. They're insane and they can't do Absolutely anything that they want at right. all times. Right. That's what they want. That's why they think they're persecuted.
2: Well, they would have us living like they do in Kenya. They would have us, you know, tiring gays and fucking burning <laughs> their goddamn necks off. Yeah. Necklacing them, I think it's called. Yeah, necklacing. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. So this guy, so he's the lieutenant governor, and now what's well, happening? Well, he's running
1: he? for lieutenant governor He's running right for now, yeah, okay. But he is ahead in the polls. It looks like he's probably going to get it. He's the Republican's guy, so right. he's probably going to beat the Democrat.
2: The radio show doesn't hurt, I'm sure, when it comes no. to Galvinian support and getting people to uh, really back his side.
1: Uh, he says uh, on immigrants, he said, quote, they are bringing third world diseases with them. He has said that immigrants might be bringing leprosy into Texas.
2: Well, then how are they going to solve that? <laughs> Get him some penicillin? That, yeah. that, that is insane. You know, the immigration debate in Texas, it's just madness over there. I mean, these people are um, coming over here because, you know... You you look at Mexico. There was a great article that Marcus and I read. Uh, Marcus sent it to me. I sent it to my friend Saman. He was on the show multiple times. He's a wonderful, very intelligent guy. How the cartels in Mexico are worse than ISIS. So much worse than ISIS. And um, the stats are, you know, ISIS has so far they've killed 9,000 Iraqi civilians. In 2013, uh, the cartels have killed 16,000. The cartels have actually killed 239 United States citizens ISIS has only killed One Marine Yeah um, they the, the stats are just insane uh, When it comes to What's worse ISIS Or the cartels And the way And beheadings you think that's just an ISIS thing? No, that's been happening in Mexico with these cartels for decades, and they don't just behead. They also chop the bodies, cook them up, and eat them. And this is from an article from Al Jazeera. Marcus, you got it?
1: Yeah, yeah, I got it, man. It says uh, the, uh, they do hundreds of beheadings every year. Uh, they display piles of bodies in the middles of towns. Right. Uh, like, they- like,
2: you know, sometimes you go to a drive-in movie theater when you're in Ohio. But yeah. when you're in Mexico you just go see the pile. Oh, it got <laughs> bigger today. No shit it did.
1: Yeah, they uh, they recruit child soldiers as mm-hmm. young as 11.
2: And of course, you know you had that Coney 2012. Remember that big debate or that yeah. big thing before the guy who dated decided to get naked and run around <laughs> the streets and get himself arrested. But you know everyone's like, "Oh, child soldiers. That's just happening over in Somalia. That's happening in the third world." That is happening right
1: Five miles away from Texas. Yep. They kidnap tens of thousands of children every year to use as drug mules, prostitutes, or to harvest their organs. Oh, my
2: God. It is like out of a... Ho- it's like out of hotel hell. Yeah. If you've ever seen hotel hell or motel hell.
1: Motel hell, yeah.
2: They, they plant human beings and they end up harvesting them and eating them. And that's exactly what these people are doing.
1: Yeah. yeah. The uh, cartels... I didn't hear about this story. They massacred 43 students at a college near Iguala in Mexico in response to just protests. Right, these students were just protesting uh, corruption, and they fucking scooped them up, right, and killed all of them. Right.
2: So you have these
1: people who are coming over
2: the border into Texas who are literally detaining them and sending them to the tombs it would actually be nice. Yeah. You know, they would get that 2% milk. They would get some cereal. That's how bad the situation is over there. So you have these Texas politicians and these border politicians in general who are demonizing victims in a lot of ways. Yeah, sure, they're over here illegally, but so everyone was at some point. The I mean the situation has to be figured out, but it'll never happen because everyone in Washington loves their good Coke. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone loves they're good cocaine and just getting high as shit and exploding, you know, uh, countries that are overseas so then we don't ever have to remotely come close to seeing it. But the the drug situation in Mexico with those cartels is far worse than ISIS. And I do think that maybe we need to uh, start confronting that a little bit as opposed to just demonizing all these, you know, people who come over here who fucking miserable. The ride over here is miserable. Mm-hmm. It's not like you don't just get in a Volkswagen and, and drive with your family over the border. I mean, you're smuggled. You're, you're human cabbage. You know, you're just, you're, you're a head of lettuce. You're nothing. And you pay seven grand to do it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes even
1: more. I mean, well, the whole point of this article is saying, I mean, that, not the whole point, but part of the point is that, you know, Islamophobia right. uh, is the reason why ISIS is getting, you know, so much press and right, so much right. attention. But, you know, it's also because Mexico is a close ally of the United States. They're right there. Although next I think to that it.
2: relationship, at some point you need to realize that your friend is just using you for your money. <laughs> you know, at some point when you have something and your friend is just like, why is it every time I hang out with Bill, we end up going to the worst strip club around and I get it and I get a." A penis disease, a dick disease. You know, every time I hang out with Bill, I end up with crabs. Like, at some point, you got to stop hanging out with Bill or have Bill change a little bit. Yeah. Uh,
1: But this guy, uh, this uh, Dan Patrick guy, he actually, I mean, his stance on immigration or on the border, like, what he's most concerned about, he's most concerned because uh, one of the border volunteers found an Urdu dictionary in the desert. A what dictionary? Urdu. It's, Urdu? A, it's a, the language they speak in Pakistan. Urdu. And Urdu. so that he's using that as evidence that uh, so a terrorists Mexican- are being smuggled over the border.
2: Ah, yes. And is it, okay. First, it is possible that terrorists could come through the border. This is very true, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and you do have to be aware of individuals coming into the country. I don't think. Um, being there and documenting them, getting their name and getting their information is wrong. Deporting them back and treating them like criminals—that might be wrong. If somebody comes in with an Urdu like book or whatever, which which sounds like a Texas word, by the way, Urdu, Urdu—that's what we call. That's what we call the library, the Urdu, because uh, you know uh, what? I don't know Urdu. And then you just say that over and over again and it creates a sentence at some point. Yeah. The Urdu dictionary. That's everything that you can't do but you want to. It's the <laughs> Urdu. I mean, uh, you know, that's the problem. Anyway, we can the whole thing is uh is is very sad over there in Mexico. Yeah. And it makes you think You know, as bad and as unbelievably strict as the U.S. prison system is, at least there is some law and some order. In Mexico, you literally have the exact opposite situation. And when the people who are completely insane, who just behead and literally cook and eat people uh, in front of their families, um, when they run the show, it's, uh, it's worse because jail never ends. Jail is just on the street.
1: By the way, the person that they killed and ate, that was an American. Like, 293 Americans have been killed in Mexico by cartels between 2007
2: and 2010. Right. And, I mean, you really don't hear about those stories. You hear nothing about it. I think Glenn Beck covers it every now and again, but Glenn Beck has ruined his reputation so goddamn much for fake fake killing that frog on Fox News. (laughs) His reputation is over.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah, and they kill people here, and, you know, 5,700 Americans have been killed by uh, cartel drug violence. Right. And, you
2: know, just to give you some perspective on that as well, uh, last podcast on the left, I mean, Marcus, the greatest researcher that's ever existed in podcast or radio history, Ah. uh, we were going to do an episode on cartels. Marcus, throughout his research, um, came uh, to understand that they will kill people who simply send a negative tweet. There was just a woman, Marcus, if you can Google this story, uh, who was the number one tweeter against... Um, the cartels. I believe she's actually in the Al Jazeera story, maybe. Um, and uh, and and she was recently found and and murdered by them. She has like a hundred and fifty thousand followers, and basically she just you know constantly is just like yeah they beheaded another one. I'm not I don't really like these people. Mm-hmm. They ended up rounding her up. She was a doctor, and they just they they uh, you know got her. They uh, a van full of armed individuals uh, grabbed her. And uh, with her and another nurse, they found out when they looked through her phone that this was her Twitter handle. Obviously, it was under a, a pseudonym. It was under an alias. And they found out it was her. They beheaded her. And then they took over the account and was just like, today was the last day that I lived. This is my last tweet. I've been murdered. The cartels will go after people. They'll go after trolls. Yeah. And
1: you they know, posted her picture a picture of her dead body on right, her own Twitter right. account.
2: So they do every single thing that Alec Baldwin wishes he could. Go after <laughs> internet trolls. You know, they go. Yeah. The, every select. that's ever been trolled by a douchebag that wants that douchebag dead, the cartels actually do it, but the cartels are themselves the douchebag and I argue that the people that mock them are heroes. Yeah. You know, and, and so they are very intense. So that's why the last podcast episode, I, I don't know if we ever actually disclosed this, that was the only episode we we never did.
1: Yeah, that was the only one. that It was, uh, we were a or I was doing research here, it was about 10 o'clock the night before, right. we were going to record at 10.30 the next morning, Right, and I had to just call, I just called the guys and just, I can't, we can't do this. Can't do uh, it. This absolutely cannot be done. Because they do and Marcus, murder people.
2: They murder people, and they murder. They would. Your family isn't that far away from the border, not at all. And theoretically, they would be like, "Oh yeah, we know exactly where to go. We know exactly where to get them."
1: Yeah, right there in Texas. And not only that, but fuck, man, you think the cartel isn't infesting New York City? Right. They've right. got. To, there's got to be tons of cartel people up there,
2: which just does play into the you know like the, the immigration debate. Like, yeah, of course. You know, they they come over here and they murder the family, but they're already in Texas. Yeah. You know, they might as well. They, they're probably
1: they, they're, this happened right over the border from Texas. Right, this is a border town that this happened in. Um, right, that's um, yeah, which are supposedly supposed to be the safest ones. But Juarez is a fucking war zone. Right. Matamoros is a fucking war zone. And these
2: people that the the individuals coming over to Texas and killing, they just go back. Yeah, you know, it's the really you you the true immigrants are the people who want to come here and work. And they they I mean they're the they're the the backbone of the U.S. economy mm-hmm. is these people who are working in the labor fields, making, picking the goddamn tomatoes for McDonald's for two dollars an hour. You know, nope. working in the working in every restaurant in New York City, urinating all over my goddamn jail cell. <laughs> but you know, that's fine. That's a different story. You know, it's crazy the, the, that cartel situation. Uh, it definitely needs to be paid more attention to. And that's the thing, you know. And then of course we had what happened. Uh, you know, we have you have ISIS. We could talk about Canada. I mean, that was nuts. This whole, this whole week has been uh, it's been a fascinating week, to say the least. To say the least. Yeah. Canada, let's talk about Ontario. We got time.
1: Mm-hmm. What we know about the guy, he, he was born Michael Joseph Hall. Changed his name to Michael. Michael Joseph Hall? Michael Joseph Hall. He changed his name to Michael Zechaf Bibu. Mm,
2: sounds more difficult to say <laughs> interesting sounds Michael. like
1: somebody just wanted to be a little more interesting
2: yeah I'm sorry just like every uh, you know uh, white person in Indiana who got a bunch of tattoos and put uh, metal balls in your head you're still white okay so yeah. don't don't <laughs> stop pretending you're not in the minority and you're just fine
1: yeah yeah uh, he had uh, his criminal record drugs violence other criminal activities uh, father was a Quebec businessman mother worked in immigration okay uh, immigration the immigration and refugee. Board. I'll tell
2: you, man. Canada better start uh, start sealing up their borders because I'm about to I'm about to defect. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll run up I can't wait until the can, Canadians are like, got to get these Wisconsinites out of here. They're ruining our entire economy.
1: Uh, they say that you know he doesn't have any connections to ISIS, you know, okay. which is what everyone's saying. But now he he app- was applying for a passport and was hoping to travel to Syria. Uh, his passport had not been revoked. Okay. Uh, but uh, he had connections to jihadists in Canada who shared a radical Islamist theology. Uh, and one of those guys went overseas to fight in Syria. Okay. Um,.
2: Okay so the the story is this guy he invaded uh went through the uh with the parliament right Yeah 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 And uh the the uh soldier that he shot they were holding guns and these guns were unloaded I was upset about that thinking that was insane Marcus apparently this is a normal thing
1: Yeah most of the uh there's it's ceremonial the guys right. the uh, the tomb of the unknown soldier in Washington DC right. they don't have their uh rifles are not loaded
2: Well no shit because who's going to kill a ghost <laughs> I mean who's going to the tomb of the unknown soldier there's nothing in there
1: A lot of the tomb of the unknown Soldier. Soldier. I
2: love it too But I'm just saying No one's like I'm gonna go invade The tomb of the unknown soldier And I'm gonna bring This sack of magic with me And I'm gonna <laughs> harvest All the souls I mean who cares But this was Okay So so the guy oh. went in And shot this soldier And then he actually Made it to parliament They don't have any Security whatsoever No Except for this one guy Who was a uh, Apparently the hero Who shot this uh, Shot this dude dead They oh. shot him the, They shot the fuck
1: Out of that guy
2: Yeah which is good for the Canadians. I was happy to see Canadians with guns. Yeah,
1: and I mean, now the Canadians—they're a little tougher than you fucking than you fucking imagine. Yeah, I... a, there was one. Uh, apparently, there were uh, a bunch of uh, MPs uh, that were starting to sharpen flagpoles because they didn't have any fucking weapons. That's so hilarious. Like, what are we going to do? So they're just sitting there sharpening flagpoles, so they make little spears for themselves.
2: Oh my god! So they had to whittle a fire. <laughs> I mean they, that's pathetic. Give, give your MP some guns. For Christ's sake.
1: Yep, they were going to they were tra- they were uh defending the prime minister.
2: Right. And he needs uh hey, the whole Good Lord, that situation. Obama didn't come out for two hours uh, to discuss it. I don't know why he's so late with these things. Mm -hmm. All you have to do, just come out in ten minutes and just be like, hey, our hearts and souls and our thoughts are with Canada, and then go back
1: to banging beautiful Michelle. Whatever he's doing, I don't know, man. He always seems like he's got to get taken out of somewhere. Always late with this guy. He's a little bit too late. Uh, Well,
2: you know, that'll happen. (laughs) Uh, and then of course, the uh, I'm not, I'm not making the joke, I'm not saying the neither joke. Neither
1: one of us are making the joke, no, neither one know, of us are making the joke. So just it would be to, a,
2: would we, be a we, racial, stereotypical joke that I don't think is accurate yeah, about, yeah. uh, you know, uh, oh, the president I mean. or the uh, half of the, uh, but that ISIS drop with the weapons that was that was unbelievable. Where they gave the US weapons to ISIS, you didn't hear about this story, no, oh, Marcus. You have to Google this, it's the best story of the week. Alex Jones, David Ikes, a lot of the more conservative people are like evidence. Barack Obama is in bed with ISIS. Evidence that he wants ISIS to have the weapons, and they, 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 he's supporting the uh, ISIS in, in the war. They're, he's pro terrorism. He's pro Muslim. Uh, but basically, it was a mistake because the goddamn U.S. military uh, is occasionally extremely stupid. Yeah. So, yes, yeah. So, what happened is, uh, there was I, I was watching that. this with Saman Arbabi, who was about to interview John Stewart on November 7th, by the way, uh, which is going to be big. And... Um, uh, the U.S. military miscalculated they dropped a huge weapons load oh. into ISIS territory. And so the ISIS member got oh. it. Of course they filmed it because it's, you know, it's like world star hip hop all of a sudden for them. You know, they can't get enough of the all goddamn, right. uh, you know, filming of themselves. And all the guy is saying is God is great. God is great. Thanking God for the gift of weapons. Not realizing it was probably on. It was definitely on accident yeah. by the U.S. military. Um, and... Uh, and uh, it, it's almost like that movie Gods Must Be Crazy, but it's not a Coca-Cola bottle that they found. They just found uh, tons and tons of weapons.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, uh, the airdrop was meant for uh, Kurds in the uh, Syrian town of Kobani. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says a canister is broken out to reveal a hand grenade on the video. Uh, there's also parts for RPGs. Tons. Ooh.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, this, is, this, this just took out the middleman.
1: Yeah, it you know, says. Give it right to him. When one guy, the, the defense spokesman, uh, Army Lieutenant Colonel Steve Orrin, said one bundle worth of equipment is not enough equipment to give the enemy any type of advantage at all. Well, it's tell that rel- to the
2: guy that gets murdered by the goddamn gun that he just got yeah, from that line. And also
1: tell it to the Kurds where the weapons were supposed right. to fucking go to. It's like, oh, it's ins- an insignificant amount of weaponry. Right. Then why the fuck were you giving it to the Kurds in the first place? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I have a- it's like, oh, like that's just a big fuck you to the Kurds. It's like, oh, okay.
2: It's like when you miss out on that job to be become like uh, you know the newest employee at Google and you're like oh, I didn't want it anyway it was,
1: just, <laughs> it was just 500
2: grand a year. what is that good for? yeah I mean it was unbelievable. You know, the the, the way they're botching everything, uh, this administration, when it comes down to just the the complete detachment from wanting to be involved in the situation. You would think if you were the president, this would be like really fun times because any scandal that you have can be swept right under the rug because they're killing the Canadian prime minister and we got a goddamn war over there in Iraq. I mean, you would think that they would use this the same way that the Bush administration used it as a wonderful distraction so they can pass whatever the hell they want to pass and they already pass whatever they want to pass anyway.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. It's bonkers. Man, apparently uh, ISIS may be using chemical weapons.
2: Yeah, that's what they're saying.
1: Allegations of chemical weapons. I don't know. I don't know. I don't buy it. I'm sure they have it. I mean, I'm sure they have it. I I mean, why not? I don't trust anything in this administration anymore. I
2: don't trust anything that's ever reported by anybody who's ever been alive. (laughs) I only trust corpse reporters. They're the uh, the only ones who know the truth. No, it's insane. Um, all right, everybody. Well, you know what? Stay out of jail if you can. But if you do go to jail, you know, be there and realize the situation. Handle yourself with pride. Handle yourself uh, Handle yourself with uh, self-respect because you're the only one who respects you. And, uh, and treat everyone with kindness because that's really the only thing that you can do. And no matter what, if you're a dickhead or if you're nice, it really doesn't much matter. Uh, it'll just make your life more difficult if you act like a douche. Um, So uh, when you get arrested, I hope that everyone says that you acted as if you've been there before. (laughs) That's the whole point. Marcus, any final words? Be
1: kind to each other. I will echo your sentiments. Right.
2: And if you want to send a swipe to somebody, if you want to give somebody a subway swipe, know it's illegal, but you know what? I'm still going to do it. Yeah. I'm doing it. Um, all right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. And, uh, and send some comments over to Marcus uh, with yeah. CaveComedyRadio.com. I think there's some, some Gmail thing.
1: CaveComedyRadioGmail.com.
2: Yeah, be like, oh, you're an idiot. Or be like, oh, we love you. Something like that. Mostly the uh, the latter.
1: Yeah.
2: And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon.
0: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president?